Morning, Tommy. Since when were we an issue? Another issue with Million Dollar Agent. <laughs> but we'll keep going. But I'm fascinated that you've relabeled our uh, lovely podcast uh, an issue. They say the printed version is better. What, are we issue, what issue are we up to, Troy? What issue are we up uh, to right guys, now? Guys, this is episode well, 100... Issue. issue, sorry. This is issue number 189. So nearly 200 issues are out, Tommy. On the Nearly 200 <laughs> issues. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's a guy called uh, John Dumas. I think he's got like about 10,000 issues. We've got, uh, we've got plenty of work. Plenty of upside there, guys. He does it every day, doesn't he? He does a day. Yeah. I think it's all like seven days a week every day. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. listening. I told our team last week, Tom, talking about every doing it every day. I was, I was talking to our guys about a couple, and I've forgotten their, their name, but they're in their late 60s, early 70s. And last year, they ran a marathon a day. So not last year, three or four years ago. A marathon a day. That in fact they did three hundred and sixty-six marathons. They're Australia. In fact, they're a Kiwi couple living in Australia. Fourteen years ago, she had cancer. Uh, was diagnosed with cancer. Given a few months to live, and uh, all of a sudden she decided to make an extreme makeover, which is relevant to our listeners today, wherever you're at. And I'm not talking necessarily about health issues, but it could be a health issue, could be a business issue. But they undertook to do an extreme makeover and she radically changed her diet and she radically changed her exercise from not much to full on. And um, 14 years later, she and her husband uh, celebrated and uh, raised money by doing a 43-kilometre marathon every day, non-stop, every day, no days off. So it just shows you what's possible. I was talking about top 50. That's why it was kind of relevant. I brought it up as to what's possible. Because so how old are they, John? I think he's now 72 and she's 68. And I'm thinking it's just three years ago they did it. So they'd have both been in their mid to late 60s when they did it. And she was about 53, 54 when she was diagnosed with cancer. So the reason I raised it with our top 50 guys in the session we had, and, and perhaps you know, why it might be relevant today, is um, firstly is you know what got you here what got you your current results isn't going to get you better results and it's not going to take you to the next level. So you have to be prepared to do some new stuff. And in fact, not just new stuff, potentially, and we often refer to it on, on Million Dollar Agent as an extreme makeover. So I think that, you know this is sort of a time, and, and with Eric only a week away, so this is almost our last uh, podcast before Eric. I think we might do one a couple of days before, but with Eric a week ago away, that's one of the things I think that Eric has done for people over the years. It gives them a a jolt, Troy. Yeah, it's like they come there, and merrily we roll along. We got our little business up on you know far north Queensland or in Melbourne or South Australia or wherever it might be. And you get up there and you're surrounded in this environment of incredibly high achievers in a very inspirational, exciting environment where you've got nowadays four and a half thousand people kind of all, all enthused to grow themselves. And I think it is a, a really good time. <clears throat> and a lot of people use ARIC now each year as a bit of a line in the sand to reset their business plan. And even they're now looking at their life plan because a lot of people are travelling up there, Troy, with their partners and family and spouse. And, and they kind of have a few days there afterwards to think mm. about their life. So... So it's going to be good, and I think we're going to draw the golden ticket. Yeah, we're going to draw the winner of our ARIC uh, MDA reviews at the end of this podcast. So yeah, Only one ticket. One ticket, that's Jeez, it. Panos is tight, isn't one it? Ticket. Tommy, one ticket. Tommy, you've got only, only one ticket, Tommy. One golden ticket. <laughs> I'm going to make an executive decision, and I reckon we should do two. What do you think? 
Wow. Really? Yeah. We're, we're doubling. Yeah, let's double. There's a hundred percent increase. So Just, that's the sort of people we Tom, are. Tom, we need to find another on sponsor. this show. Every issue, we make <laughs> yeah. we make the big decisions. Every issue. So uh, two tickets. The winner of today's competition will get two tickets. No, no, we're going to draw. We're going. Oh, we're going to draw two two individual tickets. Well, okay, on, two now, winners. Now, now you've got me thinking. Do we give two so, tickets so to the winner? <laughs> this is live recording at its best. This, this one makes great, great radio. Do we give two tickets to the winner or do we make two winners? That's a fascinating proposition. Tom, what do you recommend? You're the chairman of the board. No, I, I, I think, I think what, what, what John, uh, John's talking about is we're at the Olympic Games and John has just decided... As, <laughs> two gold as, medals. As, as there's two gold medals and you can just picture, you can picture the guy that's won the gold medal thinking, hang on a second, um, I'm supposed to be the one and then John's created a second gold medal and I think that's a good thing to do because one of our mottos is to uh, over-deliver and uh, under-promise and that's what we've done. We're giving two tickets. So, Troy, have you got the ability to be able to uh, draw another winner? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've, yeah got a, okay. we've got a bowl, a bowl of names right in front of us now and they're all neatly folded. I'm putting my hand through them as we speak. We're, they're neatly um, kind of folded up. Very nice, Troy. So at the end of that, uh, Troy and I are going to draw one each and we will announce on this show. Okay, so we'll do that at the end of the show? Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That so forces, that forces them to listen to <laughs> the next 20 absolutely. or 30 minutes just of uh, pain. Yeah. So anything, <laughs> anything we can do to just keep our one listener staying on live. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, let's, gang, let's move into the show. We are going to do three questions mm-hmm. um, today um, that have come in from um, audience via social media, through the real estate gym, and uh, general emails coming in. Let's go through to the uh, first question, and I won't read out the whole question. I'll just give you the gist of the question. Mm. And the first one is about losing your mojo in this market, the fact that the market has changed in various parts of Australia and that some real estate agents are finding it overwhelming, coping with it, and um, just losing a little bit of motivation. John, Mm. um, what's your first thought on that question? Um, I think, so it's, it's firstly, what's your life philosophy on this, Tommy? My, my view is the tougher it gets, the stronger you get, the better it is for you. And for a, for a high quality agent, markets like this are the best time to be building market share. Just like people said in the GFC, for savvy investors, that was the best time to be uh, creating a portfolio. I think right now, from the agent perspective, this is the best time to be uh, building market share. So number one is what's your, what's your philosophy? Do you see this as a tough time that you hope you get through? Or do you see this as a window of opportunity that you will uh, be able to seize upon with, with full focus and full vigour and come out the other side of it with three times the market share? And, and, and the second one is where it should be. Second one, Tommy, is what are the things you're doing every day? Because we talk about success rituals and success leaves clues a lot. You need to be doing things that strengthen your mojo and your your resolve every day. And and you know, I know that Troy and, and, and you and myself are very similar. That you know, we love listening to podcasts like this. We love reading books and blogs, and and you know, we kind of immerse ourselves twenty four seven in things that inspire. And, and I think, you know, if, if you're down there and you're getting down on yourself at the moment, you have to be saying, what are you doing to inspire yourself every day? And hopefully MDA is a part of that, but this is sort of half an hour a week. What are you doing for the, the balance of the week to make sure 
and I was coaching someone just yesterday and I said, look, you need 10 layers of things and, you know, whether it's 8 or 12 doesn't really matter, but, you know, what are you listening to? What are you reading? Who are you hanging out with? Are you letting negativity in? You know, if you chat, switch on the 6 o'clock news, Channel 9 every night, you're going to be bombarded with negativity and of, of stuff, not just necessarily business, but just life. And, and, you know, that's one way or the other way is, you know, you go for a walk, stick some earpods in your ear and and, uh, and listen to... John Dumas talk about, you know, entrepreneurs on fire. I mean, that's going to give you a very different result and then go out to dinner with someone that inspires you. And so I, I think that you've got to provide yourself enough success rituals. You need to have a life philosophy that says the tougher it gets, the better I get, the better this is for my business. And, you know, there's no winging it right now. You could probably wing it in the past when it came to um, you know, a market that was in, in many parts of Australia and New Zealand that was sort of rising so quickly, even mistakes were being covered up, overvaluing, not following up buyers. There's a whole range of complacent behaviour that was tolerated and, and was hidden by the last market. Right now, as we've said before, when Buffett says when the tide goes out, we'll see who's been swimming without their bathers. Right now, the agents that are not adhering to a success system and you know, something like your real estate gym, Tom, you know, a process and a program that takes you through um, to go from there. I, I, even I was coaching at 5 a.m. this morning, not literally, but via text because I, I have a coaching relationship, Tommy, with a lot of our guys where they text me their results. And, you know, he, he texts me in his results and uh, he said, look, I've, done, I've got six listings in the last three weeks. I said, so that's good. And I said, now, what are you differentiating yourself on those listings? And I gave him, Troy, four things um, that I felt were important to differentiate himself. One was, are you opening them on Sundays? <coughs> um, one was, are you using price guides? One was, do you have a video yep. on each property? One was, do you have a pest and building report? So I said, those four things, if you, for every single property you listed, you had those four things going. So out of those six times four, 24, what's your score? And his score was 11. So mm. that means 13 of those things weren't happening on, on amongst the listings. And I said, well, you know, you need to differentiate yourself because six listings is interesting and it's good and it's better than most. It's going to earn you a really great outcome. Six listings with four, five, six, seven things done religiously at each and every one of them to separate yourself from the pack that actually add value. Not, we're not talking about gimmicks. Mm. They add value to the vendors and to the buyers and they position you as not only a successful agent but an agent that gives a damn about his clients and his customers that has got the multiplier effect Troy and Tom on that is tremendous so you know I hope I'm not too much off the subject on that but I'm just saying what are you doing right now forget what the market's doing the market's doing what it's doing and it's kind of irrelevant to you you can go from three sales a month to six to nine to twelve no matter what, if the, if the market gets twice as bad, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So I guess my moral, yeah. moral of that story, Tommy, was you know, what are you doing right now? What is your success plan? If I list a property with Tom Panos, what am I going to get that's different from the pack? Because everyone's going to say open it. Most are going to say auction. Most are going to say put it on REA, blah, blah, blah. And that doesn't differentiate you. It's just you know, you're following the leader. What can you be doing? that is going to separate you from the pack. So that, that, that was my recommendation. And I think it does get back to the original question, Troy, because that motivates you when you're doing new stuff yeah. and, you're, and people are saying, wow, I didn't know you could do that, and that's fantastic, and it's so useful that you do this thing. Um, you know, that's, that's just what I'd be doing. So 
you should check out. I gave you a free ad, Tommy, to my friend Reese Rogers at Before You Bid. Anyone that doesn't have pest and building reports on their property should be getting them. And you should ring up Sabine or uh, Reese at yep. Before You Bid. Good people, good people. Um, look, there are others, by the way. Look, um, if you've got another one that's doing it, great, stick with them. But if, you, if you're not using pest and building reports at the beginning of the listing to make it easy for buyers to pursue their interest, you should look on Before You Bid on the website. And... Um, he, he, he must have us lunch for that for a plug. There's <laughs> got to be something say, there. Tom. I was going to say, John and Tom, um, in this market that we currently see now, the agents that are making it easy to do business with are really setting themselves apart. So many times, you know, you can get caught up in the way that you do things, but if you make it easy and you make it appealing to do business with you, Tom, as you always say, you become that attraction brand, you become that attraction business that so many people then will be calling you as opposed to that chasing mentality. And I agree, John, um, this time of year, this type of uh, cycle that we're in, in real estate, those people that are doing everything right, a successful plan, are going to see their numbers increase instead of decrease. They're going to see three, six, ten listings come on because people are going to want the salesperson that is a professional, that does have a success formula, that does have consistent results and momentum to see those results keep coming through. I can't, guys, I can't get over the amount of people over the years that have said to me that they've gone to a conference um, like Eric and then the next 30 days they've gone crazy on reconnecting with old clients reconnecting with anyone that's made an inquiry they go break bread with people they haven't touched base with that were influencers in the marketplace and it's extraordinary even though you've lost your mojo that in 30 days I think there's a great rule in sales it's the 30 day rule what you do in these 30 days will affect the next 90 days Mm. and um sometimes when you've lost your mojo and you're in absolute darkness that's normally a trigger point for you to go off and just do you know immense activity for 30 days and you might be pleasantly surprised what your next quarter is going to look like good advice as always from the master himself chairman of the board chairman of the board (laughs) what was the second one tommy what was the second issue that came up let me, let me throw you another question that's come from uh, um, uh, one of our writers. Now, look, this is probably not something that affects someone in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. T- Tommy, or, when, you uh, said, parts of when you said one of our writers, is this following up on the issue theme? Is, <laughs> not, are you suggesting are that's you, one, one of our listeners? A, yeah, are we going to create a Is this one of our listeners? <laughs> MD, are you, are you doing something you on the side? You lose your confidence, <laughs> you come up with another word, and then you dig a hole that's deeper. Let's just call it another question that okay. has come in. Very good. Saying negative equity. Yeah. What do I do in a situation? So let's explain that to I've everyone got... because not everyone would yeah. know. So basically, so, you're going, Tom. So, 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 John, the question is, and then I'll get you to you know uh, summarise it in your own words and maybe come up with some solutions. What do I do in a situation where I've got lots of listings where the vendors are in a negative negative equity situation? It's demotivating to actually feel that I can't save my vendors. So, so I'm what I'm thinking. Technically, my understanding of negative equity is when you actually owe more than the property is worth. But I suspect uh, the listener uh, is suggesting that the property's value is less than they paid for it, I'm thinking. Uh, I yeah. mean, but either yeah. way, what we're saying is the vendor's underwater somehow. Um, so I, I just take the fact, Tom, so is their question, how do you handle it? 
How, how do you get um, what do you, yeah what do you do how, how do you get uh, um, the notes that I've taken down off the question is how do you put a deal together when the the vendors got a psychological thing about selling the property for a lower figure than what they bought I think look I think this is a, a good example Troy of not over complicating if a vendor comes to you and that's their situation they have to sell or they well they probably do have to sell by the way I was going to say they want to sell not many vendors that are actually underwater, either the property's worth materially less than they paid for it or less than they owe on it, um, are in a want. It's a great time for me to sell. So I think you can deduce the fact that there is a situation that requires them to sell. Um, I think the best thing you can do is be empathetic but not get too attached to the situation, Tom, because you and I over the years have seen a lot of people, they get so embroiled in the vendor's situation, whether it's a divorce or if it's a negative situation regarding equity, they actually no longer are of any benefit or help because they get so emotionally involved. So I think yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the line down the middle there is, you know, don't not care. I'm not saying be Machiavellian, but I'm also saying don't, don't get so involved with it because the best role you can play is extract them from that property at the highest market value and help them move forward because they've come to you because they have to sell. <coughs> um, I think you just have to depersonalise it and you need to um, have them understand that and just talk them through. The first thing I'd say is, you know, is there a plan B? Let's get real. Is there a plan B? Because right now is not a great time to sell based on your circumstances. You paid four fifty. market's currently saying it's worth high threes. You know, you're telling me your mortgages might be a little bit above that. <clears throat> so my question to you is, is there a plan B? Can we rent it? Can you wait for a few years until the market recovers? And then you need some clarity, because if they say, oh yeah, no problem at all, I was just thinking if I could get you know, what I paid for it back, or if I could get you know, 500, then I'd sell it. Because at this point, and Jordan Belford said this a few years ago at Eric Tom, he said, yeah, you're a sifter, not an alchemist, meaning yeah. um, you need to sift through the potential pieces of business in your community and find those that are genuinely wanting to sell under yeah. the right terms and conditions. You can't turn rock into gold. You can't yeah. turn a vendor whose property is worth 380 that would love to think it's worth 480. You can't turn that into a good piece of business because it's just not going to go. So <clears throat> I think you have to decide, is the business saleable? You have to get, check with them, is are they really committed? And if they say there is no plan B, I have to be sold, well, then I think you just have to deal with it in a very matter-of-fact manner. And yeah. a little bit, Tom, like our first question um, that we spoke about, you have to make sure that you don't get caught into that trap of negativity. Um, I think, you, John, you beautifully said it. And I think, you know, my experience with people is that sometimes they end up uh, participating in the problem with the vendor. I think most vendors um, want to get unstuck. They're stuck and they want to get unstuck. Mm. And I think... If you're an agent, what you do is spend your time and energy in the in the solution, and not feel like you've got to be the the, the, the rescuer of um, their personal situation. Um, and that also, you know, John and Troy, you know that that it's also like I can't help but notice real estate agents that keep doing the basics and have lots of opportunities and are doing their prospecting and are staying connected to their database normally don't have that sense of desperation that other agents have that don't have a lot of deals going at the one time because like if you're desperate you're desperate right mm -hmm. and um, the best position is to actually be in a situation where you've always got a lot of options and that way you'll always tell people the truth the right thing to do because you're not being clouded by your own conflict of interest of getting getting a deal done 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's, let's, let's move on to this this last question here that came in, and it's um, about focus. And it's funny because I would have had six people use the same word in their question, and that is, how do I stay focused? I find it very difficult to actually start a prospecting session, start any kind of activity, and not get distracted. Any tips on focus? John, Troy? Yep, um, I'll kick it off. Uh, I think it's it's like any muscle in, in your body. It's it's a, a process that you need awareness and you need to practice. Uh, it's funny. I was with um, one of our what I think is going to be one of our best agents in the country, and she works over in one of our offices on the northern beaches. And and uh, I was saying to her, look, I'll contact you tomorrow. And she said, well, not between nine and twelve because I'm prospecting. Um, and I said, oh, that's great. I said, it's great. Yeah, do you get distracted? She said, no, no one's going to distract me. And she, that was her view of her world. And I love court. that. Yeah, I no, love she, that. No, one, no one's going to distract me. Not, not meaning they're not going to try. I just mean they're not going to succeed. They're not going to succeed. And, and, I, and I love that too. And I thought, wow, that's kind of a self-statement and a view of the world and a disciplined approach that is going to reap incredible rewards. So I think the first thing you've got to do is just decide where do you need to focus um, what are you going to do? The other thing, Tom, is, and you, you've said on a number of occasions something along the lines of willpower is overrated, and I, and I agree with that. Um, set up an environment. I mean, some people nowadays are prospecting in a, in a closed meeting room. Some people are prospecting in their car or from home. So it, it, identify what are the distractions, and, and in many cases it'll be you, because people check their own social media and a range of emails and things. Oh, by the way, just to give you a, a follow-on from uh, from uh, Karen, who was I was coaching. She hands her phone to the receptionist when she walks in at nine. Yeah. Doesn't right. pick it up till twelve. Turns her emails off. So this is to the point of you know your environment. Um, turns her emails off. So not only does she have a strong self-statement saying no one is going to distract me, she physically takes some actions that remove the possibilities. So I think you've just got to do that. You've got to create an environment around you <coughs> that is conducive to focus um, physically uh, and, and remove all the things. Uh, and, and I think you've then got to have an awareness of how important these activities are. I think you need to review your why before, because you know, let's say prospecting is an area where a lot of people get distracted. Mm -hmm. People aren't normally distracted at open homes and auctions because they're there in the moment and there's something happening and... They're, they're almost reacting to what's happening. Whereas when you've got to focus, it often means uh, going to an hour's prospecting. Yep. So people go there and they sit down and five minutes later they're getting fidgety and they're thinking, oh, what, what else can I do? Oh, I better check Facebook or I better check this or I better check my emails or I'll check my phone. So remove those distractions. Yeah. So you can't check them. Reward yourself. Just say, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Fred used to say, you know, if you love cappuccino, reward yourself at the end of an hour's prospecting with your favourite cappuccino. Yep. So little things like that. I think there's little, um, I won't call them tricks, but little uh, rituals. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree 100%, John. The three things you said there about removing distractions, making sure you're focused in an environment that you can, and then rewarding yourselves for the reward, for the out output that you're doing, especially around prospecting. I agree. Prospecting is, is one of the crucial moments where people easily do get distracted. Um, I have, I've been working with a number of guys, and I always say, you know, at an open for inspection, if you weren't to turn up for your open for inspection, you'd get in a lot of trouble from your owner. Mm. Why do we then risk that 
with a prospecting session? Why do you risk not turning up and being accountable? And there's being no negative impact immediately. There's no negative there, impact There is over time. Of course there but is. But there's no negative impact immediately. Yeah, so it's a really interesting uh, observation. But Tom, those three things that John mentioned, I 100% agree and I don't think I could have said it better. Tommy, don't you and, love and that, you... That, that hand the phone in and turn the emails off? I mean, that's a professional approach to sales. And we've spoken often on MDA about go from amateur to professional. The amateur flicks between prospecting calls and Facebook and emails and SMSs and, you know, realestate.com.au or whatever. They're, they're flicking around. The professional sits down and focuses for an hour and makes those calls count. So that's uh, that's really, really as, exciting. As I'm talking to you, Taney Jane, who's one of the speakers mm. at ARIC, mm. uh, $1.1 million, $1 million rider, third year in real estate. We had him at MDA boot camp. He yep. works in a, a, a small price, and I've just said to a, a small price bracket area, four fifty, five hundred thousand. I said to him, what are the keys to being focused when you prospect? Here's what he's responded. Um, the list printed uh, before I start, so I'm not messing around with mm -hmm. who I'm going to prospect. The next thing is, all devices turned off. No, no sounds to go off to distract me. Um, the next thing is, take notes by 10 as you make your calls and then um, enter them at the end of the session. And the last thing is, have high levels of energy and a good diet because that affects whether you're focused or not. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. Well, that's good. That's We've handled, hopefully, at least three people's issues. <laughs> Our three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, Let's, is it is it competition time? It's lotto time. It's Let's call out the lotto numbers. Okay, yeah. so we've got it here, Troy. Why don't you do one and I'll do one okay. and then we can read them out. You go first. Okay, so this takes me back. This is a do this? It used to be like Hey Hey it's Saturday or something. Yeah. There was some show. Daryl Summers. Okay. <laughs> all right, this is... All right. Okay, let's just first check they gave us five stars. <laughs> um, well, this is an anti-climax because I can't tell who it is. Uh, the name? It's like a nickname there. We've so the username yep. is Craycaz? C-R-A-K-A-Z. 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 So that would be, you have won a ticket to Arik. And John, do you want to read through the review why I go in and see if I can pull out? I have a passion, this is what Crack has. I have a passion for real estate, but I'm not an agent. And I work in the real estate agency. Well, hopefully Crack has can get to Arik. And if not, we will worry draw, draw it. But well done, because he's a listener anyway. And, or, or she, I don't know if it's a, he or she. The skills, energy, motivation, and habits that are presented on MDA are transferable to any life experience. Invest your time in the words of wisdom from Tom, John and Troy and you'll reap the benefits. If you're a real estate agent not listening to this, you aren't serious about your career. Well, that's a very nice very thing. Nice. That must so have taken you a while to write smart, that, smart, Troy. Smart, smart, smart. <laughs> that's me. I've got a ticket to so, but Look, I'm hoping that he or she is available. We'll check. Yeah. Um, so the best way for the user, you're, you're a listener, to contact Tom. Tom, is that okay? Yeah. To, to send an email to Absolutely. you? Absolutely. To contact yeah, you, send, and a, send us an email to info at Tom Panos. And if not, Craig, we'll, uh, out there, if you're listening, send it to us. The that's not Craig, it's crackers. K R A K A Z. Crackers. Oh, I can hear. I said crackers. 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 Say crackers. Crackers keen and it must be. Yeah. Who knows? When you get into real estate, crackers, we're going to work <laughs> on the <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the second winner of a ticket, as I go through and dig out, is. 
Alex Hurst five. So Alex Hurst five, five stars. Thank God. Is Alex, male or female? We don't uh, know. Not too sure, but Alex Hurst, uh, thank you. You have also won a ticket to Arik 2018, and your review is quite long, so I'm going to read a little bit of it. But every episode of Million Dollar Agent is great to listen to. All the conversations had by John, Tom, and Troy cover a lot of interesting topics, including sales, brand, relationship, motivation, goal setting, and purpose. What I like most is the fact that the lessons learned in these conversations can be implemented into normal everyday life. Life and aren't limited to the business of real estate or the real estate world. Um, great insight from three very experienced professionals. Whoops, that's a bit too nice for us, isn't it? <laughs> the unscripted nature makes it very easy to listen to. Are you sure to. it's this podcast? It is actually this podcast, yeah. only because they've said uh, their favourite episodes are episode number 148, More In Lines, episode 128, Instant Rapport Building, and episode number 82, nice. Ruthlessly Eliminating nice. Excuses. And who is that? Alex Hurst. Alex Hurst. So, Alex, congratulations. Alex? Can Tell, us, tell also us where you are, uh, and that's nicely written. So we will do all that. Yep. Uh, now, Tom, the only concern I have about our listeners is how many do we have now? Uh, over 10,000 a week. So we, so we have 10,000 listeners, and we only have 4,500 people coming to Eric. So that means that 5,500 people listening to this are mistakenly not coming next week at this stage, but they still have a week. They, they can. still have a week. So, uh, yeah, jokes aside, um, you know, Eric's an incredible event and it would be wonderful to have all our listeners there and I think those that have been before will probably let everyone know that it's it's a great event and uh, we have incredible speakers this year, some from overseas. You know, I can't get over the amount of um, not only new people that come to real estate less than three years, Nick Heaton, who's... Uh, yeah. I would say GCI, his business unit, John and Troy, would mm. like, he is in commercial, so uh, they don't operate in, in our traditional space where who most of our listeners are. But we're talking about, you know, we're talking in the tens of millions in GCI. He said to me last night, send me a text message, 9.30, Tom, can't wait to catch up at Eric. So looking forward to it. These are, the, I mean, the quality of people that go yeah. to the event are people that are not $1 million eyes. We've got some five, ten, five. I mean, Tosterman hasn't missed one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he's, he's actually speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, even when he doesn't speak, he goes to every Eric. <laughs> so I want to I wanna um, urge anyone that uh, hasn't booked a ticket um, to book now. Gold Coast is probably the easiest place in Australia to get a ticket because nearly every airline flies there. I can't get over how cheap it is to fly to the Gold I mean, my tickets to the Gold Coast are actually uh, cheaper than the t- ticket ride to the airport. That's what I've noticed about going to the Gold Coast. You know, yeah, I'd normally yeah. pay 80 $90 to get to the airport, and the tickets to get to the Gold Coast are a lot cheaper. I want to thank our sponsors, realestate.com.au, who will also be uh, at the conference. So News Corp and um, the other sponsors that are uh, coming to Eric. So I want to urge everyone that's coming to Eric to visit all the exhibitors. Uh, John, Troy, I look forward to speaking to you next week, and then we're off to Eric. We'll see you on the next issue. See you. <laughs> <laughs> see you, Tommy. See you, guys. See you, guys. Bye.